Welcome to the Slices Podcast, bringing you pieces of the world through lived experiences. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Slices Podcast. Yay, thank you, Shida. Um, so on this episode, I will be talking to Shida, who will be talking us through her experience um of living in South Korea for I think two years, three years. Three years. Three, three years. Um, I actually went out to see her in South Korea and it was w- one of my best holidays ever. Um, she made me like um an itinerary, a really cool itinerary in English and in Korean. And I'm just here talking without without even introducing her. So welcome <laughs> Sheeda to the podcast. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Yeah, I'm Sheeda. And Gracie was actually the first person to come see me in Korea. She's a real Yay. one. Like, Yay. before any of the real fam, like the blood fam, Gracie was like, I'm booked out. I hadn't even moved into my apartment, you know, when you booked. Oh, Love really? That. No, I hadn't moved yet. I was still doing my training and, you know, with the induction <laughs> stuff. And you were like, okay, girl, so what's up? And I was like, I'm so happy. Like, what? I'm pulling up. Yeah. And you know what's crazy? Up. I was actually in... um. Uh, in I went to Dubai first, excuse me, for a wedding. And my job for someone that travels, my geography is quite bad. So I thought, oh, I'll, I'll be in Dubai. South Korea is around the corner. <laughs> it's like six hours. So I might as well just go around the corner. I got on the plane, I checked the screen, it said nine hours. I was so confused. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean it's nine hours? And I that was like just that was... nine hours to, I think, Hong Kong. And oh then I had to God. change Hong <laughs> Kong and go to South Korea. I have till this day I have no I didn't even look at a map. I just said <laughs> I'll be in Dubai. So I'll be nearby. I low-key feel like that was my fault because when I moved, the flight I got stopped at Dubai. It was like almost like the halfway point, six hours yeah. to Dubai and then six hours from Dubai to Korea. So I even thought it was halfway. I, I didn't know about all this changing out Hong Kong and stuff. I'm yeah, so I mean, sorry. I was I wasn't a bougie, so I was changing out Hong Kong. So, I don't blame you, but that is a yeah, long. Yeah, but journey. my flight back was through the, was just straight back to Dubai. I think that was the longest uh, flight I've ever done alone. Wow! I think in total it was like twenty one hours. Yeah, it's a long journey. Like even just yeah. a direct flight period is like twelve hours. It's a yeah. long. I actually prefer breaking it up because twelve hours on a plane, if you're not in like business or up, is actually hell. Yeah, yes. it wasn't. I mean, yeah. Emirates was okay. It was very comfortable, but yeah, mm-hmm. it was just it was just really long, and I had to. I ended up spending money when I got to Dubai Airport because I just started shopping. So I had nothing else to do. Dubai Airport um, is really expensive. I have beef. Yeah, <laughs> I just started shopping <laughs> because I still had all. I still I still had money left over from my trip. Of course, you were in Korea, so I, so I thought no, like um, dirhams from when when I was in Dubai, oh, the you wedding. Had I had oh, all okay. this money left over. So I just thought, well, I'm just going to spend it all. So I was buying like perfumes and <laughs> just all these random things in the airport. <laughs> I bought like five different perfumes for family. I had so much money left over. That's sick. That's so good. I, I, just, I, just, I just use it. But um, okay, right. Sheila, tell us about yourself, who you are, what you do, et cetera, et cetera. Give us a slice of Sheila if there's something you want to promote or share or something really <laughs> interesting the listeners should listen to or watch. Um, the floor is yours. Oh, my God. This question gives me such existential crisis. Like, Gosh, who are so you? Dramatic. I'm like, who am I? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So I'm Sheila. Um, 
with two E's, please. And I'm 26. <laughs> I'm 26 because I'm not counting like the two birthdays I spent in the pandemic. So I'm actually 28, but that's a secret. Um, <laughs> <laughs> basically, uh, I currently work in like education, um, specifically in recruitment right now, but I've had like a career in education for about seven years now. Um, and before that, I was working in like youth advocacy. And I'm also a struggling YouTuber. Um, my YouTube name is like SheDaBP, and I only have like 320 subscribers. So you could go and watch my videos. I make like self care videos and stuff, you know, stuff like mental health care and how to access mental health services that are like free and cheap and all those kind of good things and like lifestyle stuff. But also, I used to make content about my time in Korea. So if you're curious after this episode about anything I've spoken about, you can go check that out. Um, your girl could need it because monetization would really help. I'm currently already working two jobs. So, um, you know, London life, that would be great. Guys, thanks. I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, thank you. So as I mentioned at the beginning, Sheeda will be talking about her time in uh, South Korea. So before we even get to South Korea... What were your motivations behind leaving the UK? Oh my God, girl, I was miserable. Like, I was really, really miserable. I was on quite a low income for London. So I basically had enough money to like work and pay my rent and then not much else. It was like really a struggle. And then because of that, because I didn't have like money, I couldn't see my friends as much. So I just felt really lonely and isolated. And Korea was a place that like I always wanted to go anyway, which I guess I'll talk about later. Yeah, but I remember. Yeah, like I when I met you, I was like, I just really want to go to Korea. Um, and I kept saying it and saying it and saying yeah. it. And then I think I just got to a breaking point where I was like, Well, girl, you're 23 now. When are you gonna do this? Like, I mean, I say that like 23 is old, but it's not, it's just more so like okay you want to do something and this is probably the best time to do it you're still so young you don't really have that many responsibilities and if you're that miserable like it can't be worse than like this London is like a really tough place to work when you're a really young professional because they just you're just constantly underpaid and overlooked and I just felt like Korea had opportunities to work, get a decent salary and also not have to pay rent or tax for a few years. So I just thought, why not? Like, OK, cool. It was very it was quite an abrupt decision. I went on vacation, came back and I was like, yeah, I'm going to just move because at this point I've got nothing left to lose. It's not really a romantic story or anything. I wish it was, but I was just fed up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so so you went on holiday to South Korea first and then came back and was like, that's it. I'm out. Yeah, I mean, I had pretty much decided about, I went for like seven days um, for my birthday and I had decided the night before I left, like compared to the way that I felt in Korea, I just didn't know how I was going to readjust back to London. And I landed and I feel like London is designed to really just make you irate and irritated. And coming back from Seoul to London, that was really stark. Just even how cramped it is, how small the trains are, how unreliable everything is. I literally got on the train and was like, I'm going to move because this is wow. Kali life. I literally, on the train back from Heathrow, Heathrow Airport, I hadn't even left the terminals. I think I was at like Terminal 5 or something and I was approaching Terminal 2 and I was like, okay, yeah, I don't want to live here right now. Like I probably will come back at some point, but 
there's definitely a better style of living than this and it's nothing to do with city it doesn't have to be like this so I as soon as I got signal I started like looking up jobs I was like yeah no this is for someone so young you should be out you should be partying you should feel like you're getting value for your money you should feel like you're working and still able to experience stuff before you're like older and tied down by a bunch of other stuff um so yeah yeah it was just basically off the back of that holiday yeah um you mentioned you started looking for jobs and my next question was actually going to be how did you prepare for the move um so it was on that whole time of life was such a blur because I got back in December (laughs) and I left I left to I like moved in August and I literally remember telling everybody in December I'm gonna go to Korea in the summer to live and then being like you don't just pack up a move in like nine months what are you talking about and I was just like well watch me so I basically the first thing I did was I looked into like the documents I would need to secure a visa because that's not something I'd ever done before yeah um and then I basically went out and got those so like I had to have a criminal background check I had to have my like personal documents apostled which means they have to be signed by like a solicitor and and stuff like that and then sent off and all this stuff and you have to pay so I did all of that stuff um and then I also went online and I found a job that I wanted which was teaching and I was like okay I need qualifications I need something that's gonna you know tick these boxes so I found a TEFL course on Groupon it was like 25 pounds and I yeah. banged that out. It was meant to take like six months and I banged it out in like a month. I was like, I just need oh to get this gosh. done. Yeah, I was supposed to be working and I'd be at my computer just being like learning these techniques and stuff and then closing <laughs> my laptop when my manager came around. But I got it done. Um, and then then what did I do next? And then I applied and I had my interview and then I was like really, I was successful. Um, they told me pretty quickly And then they were like, okay, so now we need your documents. And then I had a bit of a setback because I had already had my documents. I thought I was doing something great, being prepared. And they were like, you need to do them again because they need to be within like six months of when you actually get to Korea. So they're going to be expired by the time you get there. So I had to do that all over again, which was not fun because it was really expensive. Like £75 per document. (gasps) (laughs) It was really expensive. And because wow. I had already done it thinking I was doing the smart thing, like, yeah, no. So I did that again. <laughs> Just now I know, like, don't get your documents until they actually tell you to get your documents because they know what the Korean government requires, right? Yeah. So I did that. And then literally, like, the rest of it was just me, like, being so checked out. I was checked out for about three months. I just threw, I didn't even, but people were like, what are you going to pack? And I was like, I'm literally not packing any. I I left the country with one suitcase. I was mad. I don't think I'd recommend that. But I threw a bunch of stuff away. It was a completely fresh start for me. And it was the best thing to do for me. But I wouldn't recommend doing that. It's mad. Just packing one suitcase to move. It's definitely a mad thing to do. Um, But I only kept like super basics. Like baby photos and clothes. That was about it. That was my wow. prep. Yeah, I'm, I'm a mad person. Don't take prep advice from me. <laughs> <laughs> don't do this at home, kids. <laughs> yeah, don't do this at home. <laughs> okay, so now you now we're in Seoul. Did you start? Did you start in Seoul? Did you just land and go straight to? I landed and then I ended up going. I spent a couple of nights in Seoul, 
And then I went to Busan, which is where my training was, and then flew back over. And then I ended up in the tiny, tiny town, um, which is towards the south of Korea in this like place called Chungnam. It was a really beautiful town, um, but nobody's going to have heard of it. It was about two hours away from Seoul. So I've been telling people that I was in Buyo. Is that wrong? That's correct. Yeah, it's correct. Okay. Buyo, Buyo, is in, <laughs> Buyo is like a really small village in Chungnam, which is the okay. province. So yeah, you were definitely in Buyo. Um, oh, but okay. like, I don't, it's not a recognizable name. Like even people, other foreigners in Korea, I'd be like, I'm from Buyo. And they'd be like, what? Where? Who? <laughs> um, we've never heard of it. Because it's it's not even a city. It's, it's literally a village. Um yeah. It didn't feel like a village. It did it, did it? No, not at all. Like everything was open late. (laughs) It was was not village like at all. That's Korea. I would say I would say a town, maybe, but even towns in the UK by nine, like shops are closing and stuff like that. Like Mm -hmm. really small towns. Yeah. But that did not feel like, you know, you could go into a restaurant like 10 p.m. and as if not in England. The cafes were open late as well. Mm -hmm. That that was what blew me away was the cafe. Cafes like in the UK close at like six, seven. That but really you'd be walking around me. at like ten PM and they're just selling bread and like coffee and coffee mm-hmm. and tea at like ten PM. I'm just like, this is so different. I loved it, but it was so, I love yeah. it. But that's Korea. Like Korea just they really love the whole country loves convenience. So you'll find twenty four hour um convenience stores. I mean, pr- pretty much all of them are twenty four hours. So we're in we're in Korea we're in Korea now. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us about settling in. Like, how did you build relationships with people? How did you find your circle? How did you like settle yourself into like the culture, the small town that you were in, etc. Mm. etc. Et I feel like this was a layered thing because I came through a program which I would recommend if you're quite young and you want to move and you can find like a program that would be great. So I came through like the English program in Korea, which is known as Epic. And so you have an induction. So everybody, so there's about 200 of us go to this training site. So you make friends that way. The cruel thing is that you make friends and then you get split up at the end of like the nine days, but you can still keep in contact. Yeah. Cause everyone goes to different cities and stuff They're yeah. placed in different places, but you still have like you know, I knew I was in Vuyo and I knew there was a bunch of other people in the Chungnam province, even though it wasn't close. I was like, okay, I've got friends in like Chunan, which is a city that's an hour away. I can take a bus, you know, things like that. So that was the first way. I would say that that you always make friends, but then you kind of do just grow apart as you get settled and your lives yeah. like do differently. But it is nice because you've got that initial group. Um, and you, I think... Did we share rooms? Yes, we did. We I had a roommate. They made us share rooms. So I had a roommate as well. So that's a really good way to make friends to start with. And then when I was put in my small town, you'll usually be put with other people. So there were like four or five of us in that town who were teachers who all taught at different schools through the same program. So make friends that way. And then um, the last way was just I got really involved in Korean culture because I was really, really determined to have um, as close to the Korean experience as I could because obviously, you know, I'm working towards getting my permanent residency. Like, I actually want to live there, so I'm not. Like, yeah. So I I was, like, going to festivals and going to watch movies um, and like really trying to get involved with the school I worked at as well. 
and trying to be friends and like go along to the socials and stuff with them and not being shy about that stuff which obviously requires you to learn the language so I started taking Korean classes and then you meet other foreigners who also want to learn the language and stuff so just like making sure that you're doing as much activities as you can and if you had a hobby in your home country like I don't know you like to sing or play an instrument as soon as you get to the country you're going like try and find a club especially things like where you don't need to speak like if you sing or you play music you can connect over music in any language so don't yeah. try and find an interest group or a club that you know does stuff like that um if you like to draw anything like that as well or dance like and then make friends that way because those things are really good even if there is a language barrier I made so many friends that way because you don't really need to have the same language yeah. to enjoy you know the vibe um so those are the things that I did and that worked really well I'm still really good friends with a lot of the people I met in Korea mm, those are really good tips I guess I, I feel like people when I well when I lived abroad I just didn't do that um but, but then I made people <laughs> <laughs> I made friends with people like at, at bus stops um what yeah I feel like I, I feel like I should do like a, a me episode but yeah you I need made, to do like, a you episode two of, two of my closest friends that I met my year abroad I met one of them who's she's much older I call her auntie okay um she she had I just said who did your hair and she said she oh myself. that kind and I of was thing. like mm. can you do my hair because I've just moved it this is literally my first day in the city oh. I was with my mom my mom was like you're gonna get kidnapped like why are you just <laughs> walking to people like this <laughs> it's and true we, we swapped numbers and it turned out she literally lived like behind me and I used to go to their house all the time that their family knew me like their actual family and yeah I was just there all the time and the, oh like I was wa- I was watching their kids and my other friend we met in Quick which is like a fast food restaurant in Europe like kind of like Burger okay. King okay and she smiled at me I smiled at her and then we end up we just sat down together and ate food oh <laughs> that's quite like, sweet so yeah it's quite random I just didn't do any of those things and then I joined the church and that's when I met my, like, my core group of people when I joined um a church and I met like actual like French people students uh-huh. that came over to France but anyway I digress let's just no, but that's a good just... point as well church I forgot that one I didn't join a church till my last year because yeah. I just was so nervous about the language um but if you can find it you can usually find an English-speaking church anyway uh, that's also a good way to make good friends yeah. as well yeah yeah I don't know about the bus stop though I've never tried it <laughs> maybe don't, next don't, time don't yeah I was doing wild things like people were like strangers were giving me lifts anyway it was just, it was just a wild time in my life <laughs> we need a we need a Gracia episode for sure like I want to know because what <laughs> people were like giving me lift to church and stuff it was so crazy you're this is bizarre I can't believe what I'm hearing you could have easily been kidnapped it was so wild I don't know why I was saying yes I would never I would never get in somebody's car in London in London in a country that I don't know anybody in someone was like where are you going I'm like I'm going to church do you want to lift okay especially in Europe like just going you're not even in a country that is renowned for being safe like yes people were just dropping dropping me off at church and other places like strangers I'd never see them again oh but um yeah, I don't, I don't know why I was doing that. Maybe, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Maybe I looked vulnerable. I don't know. But um, 
That is not uh, helping. It's not helping at all. It's not helping my case at all. Um, <laughs> so tell us, tell us about like actual life in Korea, like cost of living, the working culture, the food. The food was amazing, but very different. Food is amazing. Cultural differences, um, dating. Um, what was that like? I mean, three years is like enough time to really like ingrain yourself in the culture and understand the differences and like the working culture. So um, yeah, what was that like for you? I'm going to start. Oh, no, not for you. Or what is that like in general? In general. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will, I will add the caveat that like everybody has quite different experiences. Yes. Um, so it is obviously going to be from my perspective, but I'm going to be speaking in general terms. I'll start from the worst to the best. So I'll say the worst thing was the working culture, just because um, in Korea, you don't question authority as much as you can. Like there's also, there's no HR in school. So basically, if you get a job, if you get a job with a boss who wants to exploit you, um, get ready to like just bend over and take it unless you want to have headache for your entire contract or be fired in the middle of your contract. But like if you get a really good job, if you get a really good job with people who are genuinely really nice, you'll be fine. I will say as well, like Koreans tend to work very, very hard. So like when I go to Korea next time, the goal is to do office work and they work like 10 p.m. to 7 p.m. Hence why things are open so late um, because people are getting off work at like 7 p.m. So they work 10, sorry, 10, 10, 10, 10 a.m. Yeah, 10 a.m. to yeah, 7. So I was like, yeah. what kind of working hours? <laughs> no, where was I going with that? No, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., maybe even sometimes 9 to 7. Um, mm. And there's also this thing where you don't leave until your boss leaves. So it's like, if your boss is staying late, you're staying late and that's like office culture it's a bit more relaxed with schools especially if you're a foreign teacher teaching English like nobody really cares that much because you're just an English teacher but I personally had a really great time for my first two years because I loved my job but I hated my living situation the apartment was crap Um, but I loved my job my bosses were really nice and I felt so included and so loved and even when I left that job you know the amount of gifts from parents and students and my colleagues were amazing so that was great and then my last job which actually led to me coming back to England was terrible I was just being exploited from the get-go and I was just like me not really knowing that you're not supposed to question things was just like why is my contract wrong why aren't you paying my pension I don't understand why you're not paying for my health care. These are legal requirements. And like, as soon as you say that, they're just, they're just like, you've disrespected us. So like dishonor on you. You're the worst person ever. Um, and it's just awful. And Gosh. lots of foreigners complain about this, especially if you're working for like private institutions. I think the reason my first experience was so different is because I actually worked for government schools. And then my last school was privately owned and he could do whatever he wanted. He took away all of our vacation in the last year. So like we only get 10 wow. days. That's another thing as well. Koreans and vacation, it's just quite odd. They get like 10 days a year, which I heard is quite common in America, but not in the UK. Yeah. Yeah, that's bizarre to me. Um, he took all of those vacations to cover all of those days to cover the mandatory government lockdown, which is actually illegal. But he was like, <laughs> he was like, I can take your vacation or I can just not give you pay. And obviously nobody wants to lose two whole weeks of pay. So that whole year, people were getting so sick because there was no downtime. 
they were just ill all the time and also sick leaving Korea is like not a thing prepare be prepared to like fight for your sick leave even if you're if you're not in hospital just come to work if you're coughing wow. blood come to work if you can't breathe if you've had a tooth out that morning we actually don't care come to work and god forbid you have a bereavement you've got three days to get back to your home country bury your loved one and come back which is physically impossible for some of us so yeah i didn't i didn't enjoy that last year yeah. you've got to, got to really really be careful there's not really much you can do about it to be honest but do as much research as you can on the company that you're going to work for they are there are lots of websites with like they're called blacklists and you can google and see if the place you're going to work for is one of these places that have a bad reputation but even then i did my googles and the reviews were like yeah it's a bit tough sometimes but you know we liked it, it was great we stayed for five years and then i got there and like was bullied mercilessly for like a year and then halfway through the year was fired in the middle of the pandemic and then was like actually I'd, i'll i'll stay and so i had a condition of me staying for the next six months was signing a contract that said i had to smile at work and i couldn't oh um i couldn't i couldn't show any sort of basically discomfort at all i had to be happy all the time or i would be out of there and that is also illegal but there's literally fuck all you can do about it so oops sorry not i'm not sure if i'm supposed to swear but um That's fine. yeah i didn't enjoy it so the working part wasn't great but the salary i felt was fair so i'll do living costs next because i really i really like that one thing i loved about korea is like i made half the amount of money that i was making when I was living in England, but I had so much more disposable income. I was paying my bills in England and paying my bills in Korea and still had like money to travel and party and get my hair done. I had so wow. many clothes, so many wigs. Like I was just, I felt so fabulous all the time. And it was, I still was saving. Like, yeah, it was, it was crazy. You get like, what did I get? 2.4 million won a month, which is about 1500. Yeah. And still had money to pay like my phone bill and everything in England and my gas and electric in Korea and then still like have a good time. But I think it's also because you don't pay tax if you're British for the first two years and yeah. you also don't pay for your rent. Your boss will pay for yeah. your rent if you're an English teacher. So you save money just like that. Um, so it was pretty cool. I honestly could have saved a lot more, but I was balling shot calling so it's fine and <laughs> of course it's fine like every day you know aliexpress wig okay whatever um and then i would say also just cost of living in general is much cheaper compared to london like you want to go out with your friends you can easily just take i think what would be the equivalent of 15 pounds of you and that would cover you for a nice day like a really nice day out a cool day you can go to cinema you can eat you can have coffee it's fine if you want to do like a, a full blowout my friend came to visit me in february and we did like the full shebang spa um five-star hotel and everything and even then we only spent about a hundred each so oh wow yeah it's definitely cheap we split everything down the middle but like it was it was so cheap um that was in the middle of Gangnam I don't know if people have heard that song like Gangnam so Gangnam is really expensive it's like going to Mayfair and being and thinking you're gonna spend a hundred pounds like no um, I think we so, went yeah. there is that where we went shopping yeah we did we went to Gangnam yeah. together yeah you can't really go to Korea without taking someone to Gangnam just because everyone knows like Gangnam style you know so 
Um, yeah. And you can tell that it's fancy because that's where all the plastic surgeons are um, and like a lot of the fancy boutiques and really nice cafes and restaurants and stuff. Um, and it's still not as expensive as doing a weekend away in London. So the, li- the cost of living was amazing. That's the thing I missed the most, I think. Yeah. Um, and then what else did you ask me? Dating. Dating. <laughs> Tell us about love. I'm gonna do a. I'm gonna just do a, a shameless self plug here. I have a video about this on YouTube. How to avoid go ahead boys. So definitely check that out. It's one of my <laughs> most watched videos because I think girls are tired. Because <laughs> Korean boys do this thing sometimes where you're like, I think boys do this, men do this, where they're like, ooh, exotic. You're, you're not what I'm used to so like I want to taste your flavors and you're just like I'm just a girl it's fine you don't need to do this <laughs> it's actually fine um and also there's this stereotype that western girls are you know more free and easy with the you know with the eggs so mm. like they're like ooh, yeah easy bang um so you just gotta avoid these boys at all costs they're disgusting but if you're just going to do regular dating I love it I actually find the whole dating discourse specifically in this London jarring because it just doesn't need to be that complicated it really doesn't like in Korea the first person I dated it was just like really normal it was there was no like oh who's gonna pay on the date I'm stressed like oh like it's just (laughs) (laughs) just go out and have a good time like and maybe if like you know you I think the thing I like about Korea is the dates are really well planned and they kind of tend to be like during the day so you can see how it goes you might meet for like a coffee to begin with and then if you were really feeling each other then you might end up going to like a restaurant or to watch a movie so there isn't that kind of pressure of like oh man doesn't want to spend 25 pounds on a meal if I'm not gonna like her like you just go for a coffee and see how it goes it was really nice and I feel like the guys plan really nice dates I've done some really cool like fishing pottery class I learned how to make ceramics I had a guy who made me a lamp oh dreamy I remember that oh beautiful that's like it was dreamy he had a studio and he took me to the studio and like he's making this lamp and he's got music everywhere and he's got his little pieces of like work that he's like not gonna continue anymore so they're just so nice um and he had a heater in there and we just ordered some chicken and some beer and it was like cool there was none of this like you know like even the other day on twitter people were like oh you, you went to a buffet for a date that's cheap like can you just do the things that you like with the people you like why is it so <laughs> stressful <laughs> like if you like buffet go to buffet if you don't like buffet don't go to buffet Oh, it was so nice. And then my first boyfriend, so like this is where you progress from dating to being like a couple. Yeah. <sighs> the romance is so sweet. I'm not saying all Korean boys are like this. Don't let K-drama fool you. But the romance. <laughs> Disclaimer. <sweet>. Disclaimer. <laughs> because people people do this where they like fetishize Korean boys because they've watched K-drama. And I'm telling you, Korean fat boys exist just like any place. But I do feel like. I don't know why the dynamics here are so complicated. It's just you like her, you he likes you and you go. There's none of this uh, who pays and stuff. You just pay when you pay. Like maybe if he pays for the cinema, you pay for the restaurant or you might just split it. It's not a big deal. Um, but I really enjoyed dating out there. I felt so like cared for. Yeah. And I felt like I was accommodated. Like I started doing taekwondo at one point and I felt so bad because like 
the people I was doing it with kids and they were like fitter than me and it was really embarrassing and there was like one day I was really sad about it and my boyfriend just showed up with like macarons that he drove like two hours to get for me and I was just like this is the nicest thing ever and he was confused because he was like I'm literally your boyfriend it's kind of my job I don't know why are you so why are you so emotional about this I even took a picture of the macarons I was like is this the most romantic thing ever and he, was like, <laughs> he was like dating in London must be so trash <laughs> like, I feel so sorry for you right now like this is, this is nothing this is literally nothing like these are your favorite oh macarons gosh. I'm your boyfriend you're sad I don't understand and like you could just do casual dates because things are open so late, like you said, which was also really nice. So you could just be like, actually, I really miss you. Should we go and hang out in the coffee shop? And you can do that until like midnight, 2 a.m., whatever. It doesn't matter. So that was also really nice. Lots and lots of getting to know each other um, yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah, don't let, I don't know. People also do this thing where they think that Korean people are not sexual. <laughs> okay. Korean oh, people gosh. are sexual. <laughs> There are literally 24 hour vending machines, vending machine sex shops. Wow. Like, what do you mean? Like, there are love motels in on every corner. Like, if you know what to look for, they're like where people just go to bang. And they, they come in all these like lovely themes and stuff because people live at home with their parents for the most part until they get married. So you have to go to like love motel if you want to do the boom boom. So, like, Korean people be sexual. <laughs> boom, boom. So just, yeah, yeah, I'm so childish. I keep calling it. I just, I don't, I, it's either segs or boom, boom. Sorry. <laughs> I'm a childish bird. <laughs> yeah, I just think the dating is just less complicated. But it yeah, might be it sounds it. Just, it sounds very straightforward. It sounds very straightforward. But I will say, again, disclaimer, I'm a foreigner going over to Korea I'm sure if you spoke to Korean girls in fact a lot of my Korean friends are like Korean men suck I'm sick of them so like girls it's, it's global but I personally had a really great time dating yeah. yeah yeah what else did you ask me I think that was it right yeah it was yeah. food food we didn't talk about food, oh, food. my favorite oh, my favorite so Korean food as you said is very different but it slaps I just yeah. think you have to be really open-minded. And the tip that I would say for everyone is just honestly don't think too much about what you're eating. I think I enjoyed the food so much when I first got there because I didn't know what it was. So I was eating this thing called chokbae and it's like, it's so good. It tastes amazing. It comes in all these different flavors from like mild to spicy. I did not know that that was pig's feet until a few months later when oh, I, I love pig's feet. Pig's feet slap, but if you're squeamish about stuff like that, like there's another thing called sunde, which I really love. So good. Didn't find out that that was actually like pig intestine until like months later. By that time, you don't really care because it slaps. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, like it it slaps. Um, But if you are like a really picky eater, you can still enjoy street food. Now, street food is usually just really basic stuff. You remember the street food? food. So, Girembang. Oh, you actually that, made that. I did make it. It's remember when I went to Dejan for the day. I, so mm-hmm. a part of part of the itinerary Rashida made for me included a day trip to another town called Dejan. Am I saying it right? Yeah, Dejan. Mm-hmm. But um, so I went around Dejan looking for Girembang, literally looking. I couldn't find. Mm-hmm. It. I kept messaging. I kept messaging Rashida like they don't have it, and she was like, "Go here." I'm like, "They don't have it." <laughs> um, but it it's like this, like egg egg muffin egg. Yeah, cake. it is I like can't... an egg 
It's cake. I need but to it make it again. Boiled egg in the middle. Yeah, and cheese on top. And cheese. Oh. Um, it's amazing. It is one of the best things I've ever had in my life. Nobody's going to believe you. Food. And Nobody's I made it, and it actually came out nice. Kerambang is so good, but if you described it to me before I had it, I would be like, no, I don't want an egg. That I don't want a cake that's <laughs> with an egg in it. Like, why? Why would I want that? But it actually tastes so good. It tastes so good. So good. And then there's also these like fish cakes, the pasteurized fish cakes that you can just buy. They're like a thousand. One thing I'll say as well as well, if you if you go on holiday to Korea, like my first holiday, I ate nothing but street food because it looks yeah. more familiar street to me. Food is so good. It's cheap as hell. It's cheap as hell. Like you could get three of those um like gerambangs for like a thousand one depending on where you are if you're in seoul it's going to be a bit more expensive you might get one for a thousand one but bear it in mind a thousand one is like 52p so you can yeah. fill up on street food all day long and only have spent like five pounds london could never london could yeah. never no i remember when we went to the market and we were just like buying different things and i was just like oh what's this oh what's this oh what's mm-hmm. this Oh, it was so mm-hmm. good. I can't get enough of Korean food. I actually traveled two hours to Koreatown the other day just to get some Korean food. Mm. Um, it tastes so good. And once you acquire that taste, it's quite hard to then readjust back to, like, yeah. you know, eating just... I, I don't even eat as much Caribbean food anymore as much as I eat Korean food. I just think it's so good. Um, food is also often served with, like, kimchi and perilla leaf and a soup. Soup comes with, like, every meal just try it out like go to Tottenham Court Road and go to one of the Korean restaurants there and try it out and you'll because I could just go on forever do you know what I mean and like we're on a time (laughs) limit just try Korean make this whole episode about oh actually what would be the top if somebody was to go to Korea Mm -hmm. what would be the top three things they should try Gyeonbang number one um Topoki which is you can just uh hold on kerambang would be if you wanted to google it you could google korean egg egg bun or egg cake um taboki if you wanted to google that you could google korean spicy rice cakes that shit is so good it's like chewy rice cakes in this red um kind of um sweet and spicy sauce and they add spring onions some eggs some fish cakes so you'll get to taste a lot of different korean things in that one thing and then the last thing what could I not live without in Korea, honestly? Like a proper meal. Bibimbap. Everybody will like yeah. bibimbap. Bibimbap is cheap. It's just rice and vegetables and meat. And you just like mix it up together. It usually comes with like a nice egg on top. And it comes in the yep. really hot hot pots, you know, the stone pots. So they sizzle while they bring it to your table. Um, So good. And I think you can't really go wrong with those three. I think every foreigner will like them. And they'll never like give you a stomachache or anything. Yeah great stuff so you um you're fluent in korean now aren't you so i know i know even before you left you were learning yeah and when I, when I came over you were just basically doing all the talking for us um have you have you retained it are you still like managing to speak korean or how, how is that going now that you're back in the uk it's so hard this is the thing as well about korea if you're not going to korea to live there i wouldn't bother learning the language because it's not a very useful language outside of korea itself so yeah. I haven't practiced my Korean in months and months and months. I have still retained a lot of the basic stuff, um, but I'm losing my accent, which is really sad because I had a really small town rural ex- accent that people found charming, um, and I don't have that anymore. <laughs> it was it was they found it charming because they were like, "How does this black girl have a rural accent? Why? 
Like you don't learn that from <laughs> from, from gay dramas. You don't learn that from K dramas. You were also you'd be learning the soul dialect mostly. So I just rolled in with like my dialect, and they were like, "What the hell?" Um, so I I miss that stuff. I sometimes find myself like really forgetting how to say certain things, but I remember the basics. Yeah, and you touched on you know the fact that you're black. If people didn't know <laughs> now. Um, what was, <laughs> black. Um, um, what was it like? Talk us through being black in South Korea. Um, so I have a video on on this as well. So my experience with being black in Korea specifically was pretty much okay. Like honestly, I think as a as black people, I think we all know that it's about choosing the brand of racism that you can handle because anti-blackness is global what I found mostly was one in my small town I'm I mean many of these people had never seen a black person in their life um so the staring at first was awkward it was really awkward I've even had I was in a shop with my boyfriend at the time and this old lady came up to me and just dragged her hand across my arm because I think she was wondering if I was wearing paint um and I remember telling him and being like it's fine I get it she's old and him being like what the fuck no where is she um that happened quite a lot (laughs) (laughs) that's not even funny I don't know where (laughs) I was like you're not gonna go fight this old lady on my behalf (laughs) thank you but like it's not it's not that deep to me um I had a lot of questions about my hair I got to educate my students a lot on stuff like this because genuinely the chances of them getting another black teacher again would probably be slim. So that was cool. I would say once um, I became a familiar face, and I mean, it didn't take very long in that town, people just were over it. Like they were just like, she's, she lives here. It's fine. Um, You won't get as much of that in Seoul because people who live in Seoul are probably a lot more accustomed to seeing foreigners. Um, I will say that the thing that's quite shocking is that Korea is so homogenous. 97% of Korea's population are just Korean people. 3% of those are foreigners. And of those foreigners, the majority of them are other um, East, Southeast Asians. So if you're white or black or even like a brown person, you're going to stand out. You are yeah. in the 0. Point something percent. So obviously people are going to be curious um, I never really got called any sort of racial slurs or anything. No one was ever violent to me or cruel to me in any way. Um, apart from I had this one incident with these middle schoolers who called me the N-word with the A. Um, they were trying to get my attention and they really did think it was like a term of endearment from their exposure to blackness was only rap. And so they just like they were just like, we didn't think that she was going to... I cried. They didn't think I was going to react like that. Um, and then... I actually ended up running like a little bit of a session with the kids and telling them what was wrong about it and giving them context. And they were like, okay, we'll never say it again. I think my experience was a little bit different though, because I was in a small town and because I really threw myself into Korean culture. So I had a town of people who knew that this is the black girl who wants to live in Korea. So I know that some of my friends have had even worse experiences. Maybe they were in bigger cities or maybe they didn't speak as much Korean. And I also know that people get denied entry to certain places sometimes, especially yeah. during COVID. They were like, no foreigners at all, da, 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 and all that stuff. So it can be quite bad 
Um, there are whole Facebook groups of people who just like complain about this stuff. I'm just one of the people who were really lucky that I didn't have that experience, probably because I was in that small town and I had my posse of old ladies and my boyfriend and my colleagues to look out for me. Yeah. So, yeah. It wasn't yeah. that bad everybody whoever um, listeners out there please go on Sheeda BP's YouTube page if you want to hear more about her her experience in Korea and her experience of being um a black woman oh, in Korea yes. as well and please go and check lastly, it out lastly I forgot one important thing be prepared for people to want to take pictures of you I don't know why I don't know what they do yeah. but they do it it's like what do you do with these photos once you've taken I think even you had one taken with that couple didn't you yes oh yes I, I was asking them for directions and they were like okay picture picture so I was like okay fine you guys okay. helped me out and then we took a selfie it happens quite a lot where people take pictures of you um and you just you just have to you just I don't really know what to do about it, it <laughs> so what did um what did living in Korea teach you about you what did you learn about yourself one that I was like way more resilient than I ever thought I kind of left Korea thinking that I was kind of a weak a weakling like Mm. I was like you know and when you move to another country you're everything is tested just by way of the fact that it's another country like I got sick in within my first three weeks of being in Korea with like essentially food poisoning and gastro right and that is not a big deal in the UK, but by way of just being in Korea, it was scary. I was scared. Like, I was terrified. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I couldn't navigate the healthcare system because I didn't have the language to. And I didn't really understand the way that their system works. So I didn't know that in Korea, you go to the hospital for everything. Like, you get a cough, you go to the hospital. So I was already scared by that. I didn't know that they have this way of testing you where they start with testing you for the worst thing possible ever. So they put me in a, in a, in a, in a CAT scan. I was, uh, they put me in a, in a big machine testing for cancer that freaked me out because I didn't know. So I learned that I was like quite tough. Yeah. I also, I also learned to ch- like be a bit more chilled out. Um, I'm really, I get really anxious about the smallest things, but when a lot of stuff is out of your control, you're kind of forced to just learn how to go with the flow a little bit. Um, so I did that. And then I also, I kind of just, I think I just became a lot more open to different things. I wouldn't say I was a closed-minded person in, in the first place, but I definitely think I'm a lot more open-minded to experiences now. And I'm I'm not, I'm not as, um, I would say that the last thing that I learned is that if there's something you really want to do, just go and do it. Like, don't be self-conscious about anything. Don't worry too. Just do your research, of course, but like, don't worry too much about the variables because you can't control anything. Um, There are some people who went to Korea and then they got there and then the pandemic hit. Those are things that you can't control, but you'll still get a lot out of those experiences and you can do that anywhere. Um, yeah I think I probably learned that about myself the most that I just need to live a lot more and not be scared especially in London I don't know why I just automatically feel so scared about doing everything in London but in Korea I'm just like who gives a shit nobody knows me anyway whatever like take that attitude and like apply it to other things as well yeah yeah and when are you planning to move back you said you want to permanently move over there when's that happening so is, is, is Korea sort of like home? Is, is it going to be home for you? I So I've been thinking about this a lot. Korea to me feels more like home than England did. 
I think the reason being is because in Korea, I really got a chance to just make my own. Nobody had any really kind of preconceived notions of me. Like they'd never met a black person before. So they didn't have, oh, black people are this, black people speak like this. So I just felt like I got to be myself. Also, Korea is a very colorful place. It has a lot of fashion freedom. So if you're like me and you refuse to grow up and you still like glitter on everything, it's a great place to be. Everything is cute. It's awesome. So it does feel like home. I feel like Buyo specifically will always be my home. I loved it so much. Um, And I would actually genuinely live there. But do I think Korea is going to be the place that I settle down? No. I personally feel feel that I'm moving towards having a nomadic life. I want my visa. I want Korea to be my base because London isn't a stable base. It's too changeable. The politics here is trash. So I think Korea will be my base. I will keep my British citizenship citizenship because it gives you privilege um to move around and do stuff but will I live in Korea for like 20 years no I don't think I'll ever settle anywhere for more than five years that's kind of the vision I have for my life and because I know that I don't want kids or anything now I'm definitely just like well girl there's all these other countries to visit interested in Um, so hopefully I'll be moving around I'm just trying to get my career to line up with being able to do that kind of lifestyle, which is why I need yeah. to go and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Okay. Subscribe, guys. Subscribe. Um, before before we wrap up, mm-hmm. um, two last questions. Um, so your recommendations. So a suggestion, a suggestion of must-see places for people who want to visit South Korea, and that might not be, you know, the usual like you know Seoul Tower, the usual like tourist yeah. spots. what are what would be the hidden gems for like people that want to visit South Korea like I, places I don't to know. eat places to visit or mm. yeah I don't know if you agree with me but I would say Buyo I'm biased yeah I, I would there. agree I Buyo is so beautiful and after you left I actually discovered more places like you can get a boat yeah I saw on your Instagram mm-hmm, I, like, mm-hmm. take me there. I did not know that at the time that you could get a boat. <laughs> the mountain that I sent you up we could have taken a boat there I had oh. no idea and that was have... beautiful. I actually cried when I reached the top of the mountain. It it's so beautiful. It's in it just like, and I just don't know why Buyo isn't more of a thing because it's it's literally like there's this old dynasty called Pekche and it's the home of that dynasty, hence the mountain and the fortress. So I would say go there. And if you want some good food as well, like go there. Every restaurant is legit good because it's made yeah. by like very old ajumas and stuff who really know how to cook. So that would be the first place. And then I'd say Dechon. So a lot of people go to Busan for beaches and stuff. But I think Dechon is the underrated kind of like beach. Um, it has amazing sea- Oh, the seafood makes me want to cry. So good. And they also have a mud festival every year. Like a, wow. you, go there, you go there in your shorts and your tank top and you just play in the, it's supposed to be really good for your skin. Um, and you just slide around and have loads of fun and it's quite an affordable place to go so that would be number two and then I'd say number three Jeju which is actually an island it's still Korea but you have to take a a ferry there or you have to fly Um, and that place is beautiful they grow a lot of good organic stuff I think if you have any Korean skincare you'll probably find that most of it is sourced from Jeju there's they get peanuts they grow peanuts they grow oranges the food is really good it's by the sea and what was the last thing oh yeah there's a really fun museum called the love museum and it's just like phallic stuff it's kind of x-rated and it's just it's really really fun Um, a great place to go 
And I don't have a restaurant recommendation for you because if I was to give you a restaurant recommendation, it would be a chain. And I don't think that's the best way to get Korean food. I think the yeah. best way to get Korean food is to genuinely walk around town and see where all the old people are at and eat where they're eating. I kid you not, you're going to have the, the, the food will be bussing with flavor. That's my tip. Ah, follow, follow the old people. Oh, that's oh, yeah. a really good tip. Follow the old people because they know what's up yeah that's a really good tip and any advice for people for somebody that's listening um and they're thinking about moving to south korea too what would you what would be your advice do research and i don't just mean your research like going on the googles go on facebook and join like groups like black in korea plus size in korea these things are really important i didn't consider these things enough because I just thought it would all be fine and the internet and ordering things online and like even that ordering things online is quite difficult in Korea you need all these documents so like go and speak to people who are actually in Korea like I say this all the time as well like I don't even mind if people DM me and stuff because I'd rather give them the heads up find a good job like make sure whatever if you can even find someone on these Facebook groups who is leaving Korea and can vouch for their job so you can take their place do that because otherwise If you end up in a really crap job, that's going to change your whole life, like in general, in any country, but especially in Korea, where it's easy to exploit you when they're paying for your apartment. It's easy to exploit you because you need the job. Otherwise, you have to leave the country. So you need to make sure whatever you're tying yourself into is going to be a good situation. If you can see the apartment that they're giving to you first, please do that, because having an apartment that isn't good is gonna like my apartment genuinely made me sick it gave me long-term health issues so you gotta you gotta do those things um and then once that's all sorted and you've done that work you can have a great time and you can relax and just go with the flow but you gotta lay that foundation really tight that would be my advice yeah yeah great advice great advice guys please check out she the bp on youtube what share your instagram handles and anywhere else people can reach out to you if they do want to visit korea or actually want to go and live there yeah, they're all if you, the same. If you want to, don't let me force you to like. <laughs> no, no, they're all the same. If you go on Shida BP, like like Shida with two E's, BP, all of them are the same. All my socials okay. have the same name for that reason. And I genuinely don't mind answering DMs. I've helped so many people go to Korea already. Um, I just want, especially black women, if you're moving to Korea, let me help you. I want you to have a good time. It's a great place to be. Um, yeah. But you just got to get it right, you know. Well, thank you so much. We've reached the end. Um, the end of the episode. It's been actually a really, a really I say I feel like I say this at the end of every episode and I feel people I feel like I make everybody <laughs> feel special, which I should, but no, this has actually really been a really good yes um episode, especially like the places to visit and like the advice for top tips because I don't think people would think about joining a Facebook group you would just go on YouTube you just go on like Instagram and look at pictures but nobody would think oh you know let me join a Facebook group for you know mm-hmm. specific that specifically addresses my needs like black in Korea or being a woman plus in size. Korea or being mm-hmm. plus size in Korea nobody would think let me actually join those groups and see what the people that have experienced it um have to say so no really good advice um how do you say thank you for listening in Korean I'll let you um, you do that. Um, Thank you very much for listening. (laughs) She said, oh, no, thank you. That sounded really good. Um, So, yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you for coming on, Shida. And I hope um, everybody listening out there enjoyed the episode. Bye. Bye.